Come, my friends. To understand the future, you must also understand the past. As the light of the gauntlet shone down on Otari, Physic exchanged a shiny with Tangletop for the key. Raphael found a stairway headed down a level in the outbuilding, but we knew it was not the time. Though our original plan was to go straight to Otari, Raphael brought up some ideas, and maybe going to the lighthouse first to investigate was a better one. On the way, we found a strange pool of blood that rippled all on its own, but knew it was no imminent danger and we should move on. We used a key to open a hatch to the lighthouse, which was empty other than an eerie blue light emitted from a glass cage. The light was necromantic in nature and more powerful than anything we'd ever seen. Raphael tried to break the glass, but to no avail, and I, Sage Tulok, looked out the window only to confirm our worst fears. The light was upon Otari's graveyard. As we fled to Otari, we were met by the captain of the guard, Lardis Longsaddle. He mentioned a holy warrior and then questioned our intentions and our involvement. Gerald, a young town's guard, led us with other reinforcements into the graveyard, where the ground was roiling and the dead were rising, hurling themselves off the cliff at the Dawnflower Library. We moved through the graveyard in force, quickly engaging and destroying skeletons and zombies alike. As the battle subsided, you could still hear the screams from below. The light began to dissipate, and the fog started to lift, but a more intense and focused light spawned a creature before our very eyes. As the guards ran, we prepared for another battle, and that's where we'll pick up today. guys ever just kind of a little bit drunk maybe maybe high just just kind of just get go to bed but then you get in your room and you just with complete reckless abandon just let your whole body just drop onto the bed like like you it feels like you're just floating and you just boom you land on a cloud and it's like when you're when you're kind of drunk, it's like a really magnificent feeling. Anyone anyone do that? I don't know what the that? hell you're talking about. <laughs> no, I have a very expensive, very grown up bed, and I cannot afford it if I break it. <laughs> yeah, like there was a time when I didn't have a frame for a bed, and I could just like not break stride and flop into bed. But you know, I gotta actually get into bed these days. Not just flopping into bed with reckless abandon. I had a frame, but it I broke. wonder why. No, I, I, I guess it's it is kind of possible that I, I broke it from 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 dropping onto it because also also uh, 
trapped inside for a lot of the quarantine. There's no small amount of, of beer being consumed and enjoying the flop. Uh, so uh, I, I sadly just didn't have a, a piece that I needed to like properly secure one end. So it was really just my fault. I should just need to buy like a bolt and I just didn't. And, and then I broke it. So now I'm, now I'm like in my early twenties again, just sleeping on a mattress on the floor until I sorted. Out. That was always my problem with it as I never had a box spring or anything. It was always just a mattress on the floor. So if I flopped on it, I would hit the right. fucking floor. <laughs> I have guns under my bed, so I don't. <laughs> Scott's the most American Canadian. I know. Hey, man, <laughs> Canadians can have firearms too, bro. <laughs> as long as they're being used safely. Thankfully, they're a lot harder to get. <laughs> At least we have that rule here in Canada. <laughs> well, I don't have really have a segue for this, but we have this pretty crazy uh, scenario in front of us. And uh, a whole bunch of uh, Walking Dead have just been defeated. And I think it's really quite apt to present to everyone another scene that was co-written by James and I. Uh, Mostly James, for sure, on this one. (laughs) And uh, let us take a deeper look at Raphael. The night is quiet and still. Even the chirps of the local insects have all but faded away. The air is hot and dry, typical in the nation of Thuvia, and the sky is inky black, devoid of the presence of the moon. Deep within the chambers of the Serene Spiral, a magnificent temple to Ferasma and center and centerpiece of the city of Lamasara, is a closed chamber its door heavier than any of the others, and its iron locks far more complex. The chamber beyond the door is long and dark with vaulted ceilings and support columns decorated with bas-reliefs of the boneyard. The room is dusty and festooned with cobwebs, as if long forgotten. But on this night, it is occupied. There is a tall figure in a dark robe standing to one side of a disused stage. The figure holds aloft a book, common enough, and a beautiful song of death and rebirth comes from them. The song is echoed by four others, also clad in dark robes. These others are divided into different tasks. Two hold down a shuni securely to a chair while one holds a piece of ancient bark between its teeth. The fourth wields a glowing purple needle, and they purposefully poke the shuni near his right eye. The ritual continues for several hours, the four robed figures switching roles between holding down the shuni, prodding him with the needle, and keeping him silent with the stick. Though eventually, the process ends and the four shrouded beings release him to gather around the Master of Ceremonies. The Shuni stands with a light whimper and a meager growl under his breath, and gingerly prods his swollen orbital. He then takes two weak steps towards the five figures. The Master of the Ritual snaps the book shut in unison with the end of the song before snuffing out the only candle 
that lights the room. In the darkness, the only sound that can be heard is a panting as the Shuni attempts to regulate his breath. Steadily, the panting slows and then stops. A tiny ice-blue light pierces the darkness then spirals out, healing the Shuni's eye instantaneously. A tiny blue spiral for Ferasma remains. Welcome, a deep voice says through the dark. It is always an honor to newly induct a voice of the spire. The lady shall keep it. What is my first assignment? We understand there is a town with which you have some familiarity on the southern coast of Kortos. You will be heading to Otari. And here we are, Raphael and gang, at Otari's aid in the graveyard. This terrifying, crabby spider creature has popped up. The guards helping you have run away, and Gerald looks like he is ready to run himself. But Tulak just yelled out at him with some hopefully inspiring words. Can I get a diplomacy check from you, please, Tulak? Yes, sir. Against Gerald's will, DC, to see if you can get him to stay. Yeah, because I'd like to make a request. Yes, please. It's a 19. Come on. And that will do it. And as the guards ran, we're maintaining the same initiative order. We are in round four, and it is Gerald's turn. And with these words of encouragement, he steals himself and looks at this terrifying creature and steps over towards it and tries his best to smack it with his club for a sweet 29 to hit. Oh, Gerald, my man. And hits it for seven bludgeoning damage. And he'll try a second attack and just barely makes it with a 22 and another 10 damage. Solid round for Gerald. Physic, what do you got? Oh. So Physic is going to take two stride actions to get within range of this here crab spider and shoot it with a crossbow. Okay. E for a 14 to hit. Ah, uh, no dice. Uh, that's his turn. That's his turn, okay. Next is this creature, who is going to, for the time being, attack with its jaws on Gerald. Goodbye, Gerald. <laughs> uh, meets to beat on his 20 AC, and is going to deliver ooh a good, solid 13 damage to Gerald. He did not take that very well, but Gerald also needs to roll a fortitude save. Uh, rolls a whopping 25, so he's okay. And then this creature is going to shoot a quill from one of its legs towards Raphael. Uh, 23 to hit. Uh, that's a big hit, yep. You will take 12 piercing damage. Whoa! 
Oh boy, that's a big hit. That's half my HP. And uh, and then it will uh, shoot one at uh, Physic, uh, but misses with a twelve. Oof. That brings us to Tulak. Tulak, seeing this beast appear, is still quite far away from the action, so he will move stride 25 feet to the south and looking on at this fucking thing just take Gerald like huge hit on him shoot a quill and he just telekinetic projectile grabs a cobblestone off the sidewalk and just smashes it into the face of this beast natural one (laughs) here we go so sick Smashes it into Gerald's face. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy is right. Um, so uh, I just want to clarify something here. There's, uh, with Gerald, he's essentially going to have a hard time maintaining his will to fight here. So uh, once you've convinced him, that first one was a, uh, I gave you a freebie, a free action. Uh, but from now on, if you want him to remain in the fight, a pretty, you're going to have to, uh, someone's going to have to spend a, an action trying to convince him. So right now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to allow it to roll over to the end of his next turn. But after after his next turn, he's going to need some more convincing. The guards continue to run <laughs> because these chickens they aren't nearly as prepared for this mentally as Gerald is. Raphael, uh, first action has to be a battle medicine. That hit hit me so so hard. Yeah, it was big. Uh, so that is essentially a one action treat wounds. And that is a 22 on the medicine check, so he's going to get 2d8 back. Okay. Can you also give yourself uh, an extra two? Because I had a mistake on my stat block here, so I I did two more damage to you than I needed to. Okay, so that puts him back up to maximum health, which is good. Uh, Second action, he's going to raise his shield, because what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And then third action, he's going to move into flank with uh, Gerald. Oh, nice. Okay. Get the old flank on. And Gerald is up, and he is going to swing his club. Oh! Oh my god, Gerald. <laughs> Why am I rolling so high with these guys? Uh, 29 to hit. Oh. Which makes it a crit with the flat-footed AC. Yeah. And Gerald deals... 24 points of damage to this thing. <laughs> Holy shit. One hit, one kill. And it's looking rough. It's looking super rough. <laughs> Gerald, you uh, goddamn animal. Gerald's MVP, baby. Seriously. I didn't Can Gerald this be my backup I character? I want him to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, sirs. Uh, holy mackerel. I, I didn't know I could do that. Uh, and uh, he's uh, starting to worry now that he won't be able to repeat it, so he's going to get ready to run away. Physic, what do you got? Wait, that was his whole turn? Oh, yeah, he only swung twice, didn't he? Or he swung once. Swung he swung once? once? Yeah. Oh, he yeah. swung once. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Um, I'll tell you what he's going to do is he's going to, because um, he's getting a little worried, uh, he is going to step back. Actually, he's going to, yeah, he's going to uh, run back a bit. Uh, and and then uh, he tr- he basically drops his uh, his club and pulls it a crossbow, and now it's physics turn. Okay, I shouldn't have so. said anything. <laughs> <laughs> that was fucking pointless. I was really, really <laughs> looking forward to that flat foot attack. 
Yeah, put us in a worse position. Yeah, well, here we are. So <laughs> physics... <laughs> but, like, like, I could inspire him to stay, but he wouldn't, like, come back and close the distance this turn, right? So, uh, physic will reload and shoot with his crossbow. Fuck. For a 13 to hit. No. And then try to uh, convince one... Sorry, what was the name? Gerald. 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 Yeah. Why is everyone having a hard time remembering the name Gerald? Because <laughs> <laughs> we're all thinking Gerald now. Yeah, that's it. Oh, jeez. You guys want to play that, that card game I forget the name of? Oh, what's that? Gwent. Gwent. Oh, let's play a game of Gwent when this is all done, you guys. <laughs> so I would like to toss a coin to my Witcher. Wait, no. I would like to uh, convince <laughs> Gerald to stick around. Okay, roll me a, a diplomacy and uh, give me some physic voice. Oh, God. <laughs> That's a five. Okay. So I, <laughs> I imagine what physic gets voice. out is something like Gary? Gary? We need you, Gary! <laughs> And like to the north of you is like one of the guards is like, oh, sorry, I'm not coming back. And you accidentally called it to one of the other guards. <laughs> oh, it's too scary, eh? Oh, oh, okay, I guess so. Uh... <laughs> and that's your turn? That's going to be my turn. Okay. And this creature is going to start backpedaling uh, away from uh, Raphael. And is going to move its full complement for a single action, and it turns around and shoots a 15-foot cone. Oh, man. That's not nearly as big as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> this map's huge. <laughs> yeah, right? It's so deceptive. Uh, I guess it, it probably wouldn't have done that, actually, now that I think about it. Let's see. Uh, it knows the distance of its own shit, right? Um, What's its intelligence? Good question. What is its intelligence? Uh, not as low as you'd think. Then probably, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I think if it just stays in its spot. Nope. It can't get both of you. Oh, damn. <laughs> All right, it's just, it's Suck going to, like, arm. kind of uh, scuttle in the spot and still shoot this 15-foot cone out, and it's going to hit Physic. I need... A reflex save from you, please, Physic, as this spray of toxic oil shoots out from its mouth. Oh, lovely. That's a 15. Uh, and that is not going to do it. It is a failure. You take 10 poison damage. Yikes. And for one minute, you have weakness to fire five. That's so many. Double yikes. Yeah. Nobody light a match. Uh, you're the one who's going to be lighting a match. That's the issue. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> and then it's going to uh, uh, scuttle, uh, start to scuttle away. Uh, Tulak, finally your turn. All right, so Tulak has tried to get a telekinetic projectile in there a couple times this fight and just has missed every time. So getting frustrated and like angry in the rain and all these horrifying things that he can do nothing about so far, he just raises his hands and with just a glowing purple light 
that's intensified since gaining this level, he shoots out magic missiles at this piece of shit. Oh boy. Oh no. All right, and I know I can't miss on these, so suck it. (laughs) (laughs) So rude. All I've ever done is try to kill you. Yep. So four. Four damage. Three. Three damage. Ooh, and six. And six damage. For a total of 13 damage. Boy, it's looking rough. But it ain't down yet. Top of the order, guards continue running. Raphael, what can you do? Raphael, first action is to raise that their shields. Second action is a full stride. Third action, he is going to strike out with his magicked up dagger. Mm-hmm. Uh, that should be a 24 to hit with the plus one. That hits. Okay. Uh, and that will be eight points of piercing damage as he just lunges at this thing with this shimmering phrasmic oh, dagger. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And you kill it. Yeah, buddy. It had six HP left. Suck it. <sighs> he just, he attacks this thing like Leonidas from Sparta. Just lunges at it, <laughs> shield up, dagger in one hand, and just drives it into his face. Oh, amazing. And down it goes, and you get some of this toxic oil on your skin, or on your on your paw, um, but it doesn't have any uh, major effect on you, and it's just gross. That's all three actions. And the combat is over. Gerald turns around and is like, Wow, that was that was really something else, guys. Oh gee, oh geez. You uh you really you kinda hit it with those magic force things and oh they just dabbed it in the face. Wow, that was that was something Raphael's else. Raphael's like riding this thing, trying to throw all of his weight into getting the dagger out of its carcass. <laughs> and uh, as you're doing that, you realize like this is this as much as uh, the necromantic necromantic energy was coming from from the Gauntlet, this is very much is not an undead creature. It stands out to you quite a bit. Uh, can I roll a check on it? Yeah, it's uh, occultism, or again, any lore that might apply. I will aid. Or attempt to. Nope. Uh, no, you have no idea. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely an uncommon creature. Uh, he gets off the back of it wipes his dagger off on the grass and resheaths it as the magic aura around it dies out. That was the last round for magic weapon. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> Lucky. Uh, and then he, I guess he starts just booking it for this cliffside to see if uh, if there's any undead still doing undead things at the Dawnflower Library. <laughs> Yeah, you get over to the edge and you can see that there are a number of um, of uh, town's guard and some town's folk and they're all, they're just sort of like, there's like dead bodies littered all over the place. And there's, you know, just, uh, it seems that 
uh, as you as you peer over the edge, you see a couple more go down, and there's a bit of a, a fight happening, but for the most part, it seems to be subsiding and ending. In fact, there's even people that have, have taken the time to to uh, sort of set themselves aside while the last are being dispatched and, like, are weeping and crying with, like, just trauma. And you can even spot a couple people, like, standing over a couple of the corpses in, in pure astonishment. And some crying, even one person cradling one, crying their eyes out as it dawns on you that the loved ones and 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 fellow community members of Otari that have died have been raised up to attack their their once loved ones and friends, which is members. especially poignant for us because we've seen it happen to Small, mm, right? And with the light gone, uh, you can assume that no more will rise for now, and the clouds part. Slowly but surely, the rain subsides, and by the afternoon, the sun comes through again. What could have possibly stopped the gauntlet? If we didn't do it, then there must have been some outside force, was there not? Maybe it only has so much power, Raphael, and that was the extent of it for the day. And what do we do, Mr. Do, do we do we wait here for tomorrow for another light to shine upon this graveyard and draw more of the loved ones from the graves where we have so successfully secured them? Yes, I'm sorry, Raphael. I know this must be hard for you and your and your convictions. I think we should talk to the captain of the guard. Perhaps we can rally them and we can use them to fight this evil. Perhaps we should have done that all along. Perhaps Samal would not be gone had we done that. We should rally the guards. Perhaps they can help us with the problem we are having with the chapel. But do we dare drag more innocent souls into this fray that could so easily be succumb to the undeath like some old. Do we ask the guardsmen to face death, those with women and children and husbands and families? Can we ask that? Well, we can just put it forward. The decision rests with Captain Longsaddle. And I don't know if you know him, but he probably won't be eager to help. He'll just throw blame. I think we just saw in the graveyard that we can use all the help we can get, but good luck talking any sense into Long Saddle. I see your points, but I am reluctant to involve more innocence in this quest that has already resulted in so much loss and so near of death to me and to you and to the Tulak. The three of us have already almost died. It has been less than 24 hours since I have taken up this quest. And bringing in outside forces, bringing in the town, I am hesitant to do so. But as always, I trust the wisdom of Sage 
to lock in the intelligence of Physic the Slouch. With that, Tulak nods his head, and I think he starts pushing his way back towards town. Potentially just climbing down the cliffside path towards the Dawnflower to see what help he can offer. Yeah, you can. Uh, there, there is a path built into the into the cliff um, that few people actually use. Uh, a lot of the acolytes and, and whatnot from the Dawnflower Library will actually like take the time to walk through the streets of Atari and take the long way around, just as like a meditative sort of walk. And they usually do it daily. Um, it's usually tourists that use this walkway uh, down the cliff. And getting to the bottom, the scene just becomes more and more brutal and obvious. Um, no small amount of the town guard has been killed. And yeah, uh, I think Raphael will make it like slowly make his way through this this um, the the end of this fray and administer the last rites of Phrasma where it's necessary and attempt to stabilize any guardsmen uh, that he can. Otherwise, and I mean, if you guys want at this point, you can just you could just be a part of the recovery efforts and spend your day you know, helping, uh, fixing things, and treating... I don't know if Raphael has a choice, morally, or physic, for that matter. Yeah. Yeah, physic would definitely be (laughs) treating wounds as much as he possibly could in the area. It'd be a good opportunity for Tulak to do some research in the library if he doesn't want to... If he wants to escape from the, the carnage, this scene... Is it, it? I don't know. I don't want to play your character, but I've always kind of seen Tulak as like a very sensitive loner. Yeah, I mean that's not necessarily wrong for sure. I think that he is good natured and would help a little bit in whatever capacity he could. But there isn't a lot that he can do. You know, he's got no. I think Vandy would like probably spot you uh, feeling helpless. Uh, amongst the carnage and and ask you to come in and help like um inside the library where you know some of the some of the the undead have got in and and kind of like knocked bookshelves over and there's some like reorganizing that needs to be done and she sort of asks you to uh, aid the acolytes that are that are there that are you know younger and and unsure of themselves and and uh to help reorganize and fix things up a bit and while she of course goes out and and does her own bit for healing i think he'd stick around with that for a little bit yeah, that provides you the opportunity to like reorganize and help, but also yeah, maybe I think do some he research would as you help doing for it, a little like. bit and then kind of decide that this is not important compared to other things he could mm-hmm. be doing, such as some research. Uh, maybe look up what that spider thing was and why necromantic <laughs> energy brought it into this realm specifically. I was thinking about. Uh, uh, the re- the whole research subsystem and how you have these specific topics you can research, but then why not also re- allow you guys to research, uh, you know, take the opportunity to research about these creatures that you might encounter uh, along the way and try to discern more in case you encounter more, of course, right? It doesn't have to be just locked into the recall knowledge mid-combat or before combat every time. The other thing that he'd be wondering is who is this spiritual warrior? I can't remember exactly what Longsaddle said. He wants to know who that is. Sure, and uh, by the time you um, you you get down there, uh, you you have you haven't spotted anybody that that stands out uh, as such to you. Okay, I think he'd ask around about that. Uh, sure, and uh, for the most part, uh, no one seems to know who you mean. Um, 
when you specify this so-called holy warrior, as Long Saddle put it, and then they're like, I, I don't know who you mean, like, what are you talking about? And um, and you you can even come across one of the guards, uh, the guard that was that was supposed to hunt the warrior down, and and he's just like, I don't know, dude, like, wasn't here when I got here. You guys might remember that all all guards are East Coast Canadians, so <laughs> so it wasn't uh she wasn't here, and uh, I was looking for, her, but then I got uh, overwhelmed by all the all them walking guys there, all the ones so that weren't weren't alive. How did you, you know? know? Who to look for weird. if you didn't know who they are. Well, that's, that's just it about that uh, long saddle there. He doesn't, he just kind of tells you what to do, right? And uh, it doesn't really give you a whole lot of detail. So I, I wasn't sure. He said, Two luck warrior, walks away so I was looking for someone in armor. He said, she. So I was looking, uh, oh, okay, th- uh, thanks. <laughs> this is borderline offensive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm from there. I can do it. <laughs> okay, so I think that oh, Tulak would also like to research. He's just going to continue his research on Belcora. On Belcora. Okay. All right. So you have, uh, you are taking a look in the library here. So you can, um, yeah, you can uh, attempt a society check in here or an Actually, appropriate law. Okay, if, if I go there. to the bookstore, what was the bookstore called mm-hmm. again? Uh Odd Stories, I think it is. Odd Stories. Books and shit. And sp- speak, yeah. <laughs> Books and other dope stuff. Can I talk to the lady uh, who works it there? It is uh two men that work there actually, Morlebent and his husband Carl. Okay. The most awkwardly uh phonetic name of all time, C A R L T H E. Carl, I don't know how to say it, but that's what I'm going with. And then, what type of check would it be with them? You, it's essentially the the same. So I can't use like a diplomacy check anywhere, hey? Uh oh. So before we did do before a gather information, um, which you, I, I would say you can you could maybe do you can attempt that again. Okay, I'd but, like to. do But that. What, you're, what you're looking at here uh, is. Um, you're applying it to specific again venues, so. Is either PC Recollection, Odd Stories, or the Dawnflower Library. But yeah, you can you can apply it to whichever one you want. They just each have limited amounts of information available. Right. I haven't successfully got it from anywhere, so he's just going to try over there to try something new. And okay. rolling a diplomacy. And yeah, you obtain a little bit more information. And you did it at, at Odd Stories or in the library? Odd Stories. Odd Stories. So now we have two of three pieces. Yeah. You pop in and, and uh, uh, Morlebent's not there, but Carl uh, has a brief conversation with you. and Played uh, by Mark Evan Jackson. Piece of bit of, I have no idea who that is. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it, he's the husband in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh, I've never... Oh, I've watched great. like two episodes oh, of Brooklyn okay. Nine-Nine. Nice. Uh, yeah, Kevin. 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 So. <laughs> it's a funny show. I love that yeah. show. Um, yeah, it's really good. So yeah, you get you do get one more point towards uh, your first threshold, um, but still no uh, information to offer yet. But however, uh, that's that's not entirely true because that takes you about two hours. So you could spend the day yourself just focusing on this and do multiple checks if you like. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Why don't you uh, hit me up with another check and location? What do you want to do? Okay. 
so I can't do it there anymore, right? So I have to go somewhere else. Uh, no, you can still do there. You still you haven't reached the maximum there yet. You can okay. just continue talking if you like. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Continuing talking. Uh, yeah, you got a twenty-three. You Ooh. are successful. Nice. And that puts you one more point towards your goal. Well, that's three of three now. You're just one of those people that sits in a bookstore and reads an entire book before they leave. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, that actually puts you at two of three from Odd Stories. One other one was succeeded in the PC recollection category. So you're three out of, out of uh, uh, whatever the full maximum is. You need to get the three from the same venue in order to unlock something. Not, no, not necessarily. So you, your points total... Like, collect total, but, like, Odd Stories only has three points available to you. Research points. Yeah. The library only has three research points available to you. But they stack. Yeah. So, you, ha- you you now have three points, but you've not reached the first threshold yet. Oh. Well, I thought the first threshold I was two. I thought it was two. three, because Duncan got one and I got two now. So, it's four? Nope. The four town more. of Otari has a diff- has different levels of thresholds, different numbers. That's probably where you're confusing. Mm. That They have that research topic as well as the town of Otari. Um... Okay. And I'm yeah. researching Belcora. Correct. Okay. Uh, so that's another two hours of conversing. Do you want to continue? Sure. Yeah. I'll spend the whole day there. Let's do it. <laughs> it's just you and Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> he just keeps and, like looking at his sundial really just... and being like, uh, we're almost closing. No. <laughs> yeah. We should really just rename him Kevin because Carl is such a stupid name. <laughs> Carl F. Carl F. Uh, 23. You got a 23. Again. You achieve all of the information you can from the odd stories. You and Kevin have a lovely chat while Great sifting chat. through some books and him pointing out different references and all this stuff and, 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 and following your lead while you follow his lead and you guys find these bits of information that you need. And you do. Finally. You do finally reveal the first bit of information regarding Belcora Harovex. You know that Belcora erected the lighthouse known as Gauntlight, finishing its construction around the year 4234 AR, uh, which is, uh, AR is, I always forget this, Absalon Reckoning, I believe, is the, is the uh, abbreviation. This is approximately 487 years ago based on the current year. Ten years later, in the year 4244 AR, one of Absalom's hunting lodges sanctioned a group of adventurers known as the Rose Guard to investigate the rumors surrounding this remote lighthouse. This is before the founding of the Pathfinder Society, which took place in 4307 AR. And the Rose Guard faced and defeated Belcora, but not before losing one of their own, Otari Ilvashti. So some of this you already know, and it's basically cross-referencing and confirming uh, some of these truths. But this time you've got more specific dates. Uh, but that is where you are at with your information on Valcora. Uh, thank you very much for your help today, Kevin. I very much appreciate it. Yeah, no, no problem there, friend. Uh, my pleasure. It's always good to talk to another academic, if you will. 
And he heads back out in the streets. At this point, it is quarter to eight in the evening. And the sun is getting, or the sky is getting dark. And you're probably all stupidly exhausted. Level three. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, Yeah, I think Raphael would crash in uh, Arthur's old fishing shack for the night. Hey, uh, what's what's the deal with this exploded house here? That is the ruins of the thirsty alpaca. Oh, okay, got it. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, first, first featured in uh, physics scene. It's basically just a, a, a large tavern that uh, had in, quite recently collapsed. Just suddenly collapsed. So it just it just fell into the ground. Essentially, something below had just like crumbled its foundation. And uh, there were actually several employees and visitors inside at the time. And the tavern's owner uh, has been missing ever since. No one even found his body. Uh, but uh, I think a couple people died. Yeah, a few people died. Just this uh, freak accident that happened not all that long ago. And basically today, locals actually avoid the ruins a bit because they, they claim strange lights and eerie sounds uh, come from it. And they, there's a, a sort of superstitious rumor going around that it's haunted. Ooh, note to self, check that out later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hope they haven't seen the graveyard because they will shit themselves. <laughs> Can we take eight hours and rest and then decide oh, to meet up? hell yeah. Meet up on the Gaunt Trail tomorrow morning or wherever you guys want to meet up tomorrow morning? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, it spells real bad. Yeah, I would imagine you guys want to... Uh, Two things. One, report back to Rin the fact that you didn't manage to get Samal's body. And two, you know that uh, Tulak's not feeling very well. Oh, yeah. Uh, fuck. I would need 16 hours then because I need a proper rest. Well, we still have to talk to Long Saddle too, so we might be in town for a couple days. Okay. Yeah. Like at whatever point in the day like that you need to, James, you can decide Raphael stops and takes his rest. It doesn't have to be when, obviously, when Tulak finishes his research. Um, but you guys can just we just kind of wave and, and process that rest to call it a day, and you guys just choose what time you want to meet. You know that around 9 a.m. is when the the disease started to hit Tulak uh, yesterday. Uh, okay, so Raphael would want to call it off. So he has, um, as soon as Tulak's done, He'll spend the eight hours with him uh, doing treat disease. That is a medicine check against DC 15. Fingers crossed, everybody. That's a 17. So that's a success. That gives you a plus two against your saving throw. Nice. And Fizzik, you have the vaccine to add to this? Yeah. Yeah, just to uh, make sure that we're not playing around anymore, uh, he will have crafted two minor vaccines with one of his reagents in the morning. Uh, and then after that, Raphael would want to take eight hours. So, And uh, how does, um, what does the uh, vaccine add? The vaccine adds a plus two bonus. What kind of bonus is it? Item bonus? Yes. Okay, so that will stack, which is great. So 26, I rolled. 26. That crit is, I think, is a success. Let me just double check. Okay, so Raphael would be good to go uh, around noon the next day with the two eight hours if Tulak finished around 8 p.m. Uh, 26 is a critical success. Hell yeah. 
Let's go. Which Where am I? Basically, at? Ca- it basically counts as as two saves, I, as far as I know. So I th- I think <laughs> you're in the clear. I think you managed to shake off the old fly pox with the help with a little aid of your friends. Whew. With a little help from your friends. The true vaccine is the friends we made along the way. Oh boy! <laughs> you can't just say that again. <laughs> Every chapter, there's going to be one of those for an episode title. I can feel it. <laughs> so around noon, once Raphael's had his full rest and he gets his spells back, uh, he'll meet up with them at uh, uh, Rin's place, I guess? Yeah. Wicked. All right. Everyone process their rest appropriately if they need on the, the old character sheet. I don't know. I'm sure, I'm sure we can hand wave treat wounds shit and, and just like you guys are healed up, ready to go. I actually don't need anything, believe it or not. What right. about physic? Well, do you guys need healing? Nope. Uh, not well, me. not if we're about to hand wave everything. I mean, physic can just keep trying on himself over over time and, and probably just get it all <laughs> just figured out. Spend all just night hand- on the couch just every now and then. Be like, eh. okay, back to watching TV. <laughs> just like putting more bandages on. <laughs> Compress on his back. Heat, heat, yeah, hot water bottle on his feet. Yeah. And uh, we'll say, uh, come 9 a.m., Tulak realizes he's in the clear, and you guys can meet up at Rin's shortly after. I need until noon, but yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I, Tulak I, is fine. I, up to I you did guys. the math on it. If, is, yeah, if, totally if Tulak ends at 8, I need until noon to get two eight-hour rests in, essentially. All right, well, it's the next day. You guys can do your daily preparations, whatever it is that requires as well, so... Yeah, Tulak wakes up and uh, feels a lot better. His head's a little more clear and his body feels a little more energetic. He casts mage armor on himself as he sits on the cushions inside his caravan, kind of recalling the day before. And gets up, ready to move on. Not necessarily hopeful for the day, but invigorated to start. All right. Raphael wakes up. And he feels this intense burning behind his right eye where the tattoo is. And he can't seem to shake it all morning. And he goes to pick up his gear and head out to meet you guys at Rin's place. And he sheaths the dagger and reloads his belt. And he picks up his shield. And the light in his eye, in the tattoo in his eye, seems to go out. And it shoots down his arm. And this blue... Phrasmic energy extends out of him, engulfs his shield, and completely absorbs it back into his hand. Ooh. What? So the okay. soul forged archetype means I I essentially what I've done is Raphael's bound this shield to him as his soul forged weapon or his soul forged armament. So now he can manifest a piece of his soul in the shield. Uh, with a single action, so he no longer has to carry the shield. He can just manifest it in his hand using his soul. It has some other powers, uh, which we may get to or not, but it, uh, it's it, he has this soul shield now. Uh, so yeah, the shield is uh, has bonded to a piece of his soul, and once per day, or well, he, at any time, he can call it forth. So, uh, and then he makes his way to Rin's place. And as you guys sort of meet up. 
at the crossroads towards Rins and you make your way down the cobblestone road. You see Longsaddle standing outside of Rin's Wonders Classic. with another man. Longsaddle has his back facing you, and you catch a glimpse of the other man over his shoulder, standing about medium in height. He's a dark complexion, deep brown eyes, and near black hair that is accented with smatterings of salt white strands near the temple near his temples and chin. It is, of course, Osif Menhimes, Mayor of Otari. Getting closer, you can hear the conversation is actually quite heated and quickly becoming one-sided. You hear Osif speak. I will hear no more of it, Longsaddle. Those three are not to be interrogated based on your biases, assumptions, and dare I say it, general crankiness. Longsaddle makes a small strange noise as if to interject, but Osif ignores him and continues on. (laughs) Furthermore... Credit where credit is due. You and your guard have my thanks for your efforts, but you and you alone are not solely responsible for this victory. You would do well to remember your days in Absalom, for it was your choice to come out of retirement here. A hierarchy and chain of command exists here in Otari as well, and I am at the top. You are a valuable member of this community, but you are not the only one with value. Longsaddle's stance stiffens as he is reminded of his place. Now stop wasting time on a pointless investigation. Get back to your duties and see to the recovery of the town for which you are responsible. And add to your list of duties a letter written by your hand and to be placed on my desk before the day's end. And it will be an apology to the entire town you just defended for letting your ego delay you in its recovery efforts. Or, if you feel you cannot maintain your station any longer, a letter of resignation will do. The choice is yours. Do I make myself clear? Longsaddle does not utter a peep, but instead briskly salutes, turns on his heel to march away. Immediately spotting you behind him, he pauses very briefly and then marches on with a slight twitch in his eye. He passes by you, but does not look in your direction any more than he can help. Head held high, but pride clearly wounded. Suck it, long saddle. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. He says barely above a whisper. <laughs> when he's 500 meters away. Oh yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> we don't hear phys- physics voice much, but oh boy, what we do. <laughs> Uh, and as he departs, Osif notices you. He has a bit of a concerned look on his face, but it quickly turns to a friendly smile. He says, ah, the three of you, I hear we have a great debt and thanks owed to you. Actually, it was mostly Gerard. Who's Gerard? I believe his name is Gerald. He hasn't had oh, Gerald. Yeah, he's no fur yet. <laughs> 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 oh, yes, yes. Quite quite the baby face on that lad. He's a bit older than you think, though. Gerald, he, he really really came out on top, did he? Much to his chagrin, but yes, he was very much the hero of the day. I always thought he had a little bit more to him than his nervous, shy self. I'll keep that in mind. Thank you very much, Raphael. How is everyone holding up? Yesterday was a brutal day, to say the least. I think we're... we're okay. 
a shame what happened to the town. We never realized that it could go this far. We have been investigating at the Gauntlet, but this was a surprise, to say the least. That we could agree on. Otari has been through a number of things in the past, and certainly none as harrowing as this for quite some time, but I'm pleased to know that we have townsfolk among us that know how to hold a blade and utilize their more mysterious abilities. He gives a nice nod to both Tulak and uh, and Physic in particular. And uh, I do have a lot to uh, get on with, my friends, but uh, I do have one question for you all, although you are welcome to ask me if you, if you need. But I was speaking with Rin, and she filled me in on the details. I'm very sorry to hear about the loss of Mr. Keth. But I was wondering if Rin was correct in that you plan on returning to the Gauntlet. We do. We haven't recovered the body of Small yet, nor have we got to the bottom of this mystery. It's only grown thicker now, and how could we give up now? With the townsfolk being murdered and brought back from the dead, it's it's out of our hands. We must continue. Unnerving, to say the least. Well, I'm afraid a lot of our resources will have to go back towards the recovery and rebuilding of defenses for the city, should such an event arise again. But from the treasury, I can offer you a bit of a pittance for your continued efforts. Please take this. And he hands you each a small coin purse of 75 gold. 75? Ooh, 75. Wow. <laughs> a pittance for him. He's loaded. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Raphael's He's ever like, seen that kind of money. He owns the giant wheel. No. He owns the flume. His family has owned them for generations. And he basically, the other lumber companies in the area rent it from him. <laughs> He's not just the mayor. He owns a huge portion of the lumber, lumber uh, companies and interests and stuff in the area and is across it, uh, the Alicortos. Yeah. Is his last name Irving? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, uh... cut. <laughs> no, his last name is Menjimez. <laughs> Osa fucks, man. That's sweet. Yeah. Big, big old reward there. Um, and uh, unless you guys have any other questions, he'll be on his way to sort out some some details before he goes um tulak turns to him and says i heard mention of a holy warrior that was supposed to come to our aid do you know who this is i have heard of of uh, a new person in town they've been in town for just a short while um i'm not sure about uh holy but certainly a warrior at least came dressed as such uh they came in injured uh but i to be honest, I don't know the exact details. Um, and perhaps uh, if you ask around town some more uh, when you have time, but um, I'm afraid I have very little for you. Ah, well, thank you for the pittance. <laughs> Raphael's just like staring at the coin purse. He's never seen so much gold in one place. Just like, should I should I even take this? Is this against my religion? It's so much. <laughs> yeah, Physic is very much debating just bailing. Like, I, I got mine, but <laughs> I think I remember it. <laughs> Definitely at least flashes his mind, across his mind, yeah. <laughs> and uh, says, well, thank you again. Best of luck. 
when the town can help, it will try. Please don't hesitate to come knocking at my door, though I am a busy man. <laughs> I will check in with Rin every so often to get an update. Thank you so much. And he goes off. I could buy a house with this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're just crashing in your Uncle Arthur's like tiny little shack right now. <laughs> yeah. Probably a hammock just along the wall. That's it. If that. Uh, and as he leaves, and you guys get ready to... Uh, you're probably counting your gold a little bit and get ready to enter uh, Rin's Wonders. Rin actually comes out. And she beams a smile at you. Uh, my friends, I heard, I heard about all of your heroics. I had no idea you would be able to return when this happened. Please fill me on the details, but do so on the walk. We're going to odd stories. Come, come. Raphael kind of hangs his head and feels a knot in his stomach because as much as they helped, he did not do what he was supposed to be doing. And uh, you have a short walk to odd stories and uh, you fill her in with the details. And as you arrive... She stops in front and you see this three story stone tower rises from the black half of this like one floor wooden bookstore. A sign above the front door depicts a stack of open books with lines of magical energy rising from the pages. And while the shop's owner is indeed a wizard, Morlebent apparently had the sign commissioned in an attempt to portray the power of imagination within the fanciful fiction works and anthologies that are his specialty. Morlebent sells other texts as well, although he leaves the non-fiction curation to his husband, now called Kevin, (laughs) 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 whose expertise makes Odd Stories the primary source of textbooks and teaching tools for the educational pursuits that are usually held at Inkleholtz Manor. Rin turns and says, I commissioned Morlebent to help with a bit of research. I gave him the description of the creatures that you encountered. Uh, that that took Samala's life, and I asked him to investigate. Perhaps you can fill him in some more, and he could shed some light on the situation. And she opens the door and enters. And you can see Morlebent waiting, his bright red hair that he keeps closely cut to his scalp, and light little spectacles on his nose. And as soon as you enter, he's like, Ah, Rin, heroes! Please, come in, come in. I heard about your feats. What a great, great opportunity to assist you. I have been doing some research. Please, allow me to fill you in. Tell me your stories. What is it you want to know? Describe to me these creatures that you encountered, so that I can be sure that the research I have done has in fact been of aid been of usefulness that makes more sense (laughs) well we have found several different creatures there starting off with small demon-like creatures called mitflits barely as tall as physic our friend here further Uh, yes mitflits uh, a lesser type of gremlin if our memory serves correctly yes further we found their king though we destroyed him a uh, large spider, 
We've seen many beasts of increased size. Flies, yes, li- likely things in, in un, untraveled swamps and that sort. Yes, no surprise there. But worst of all, we found these corpses, elven corpses that were brought to life by magic lights that looked almost like will-o'-the-wisps, but different, horrible, small as been taken by one. He walks now, too. And even, like, glancing over at Rin to see maybe what her reaction is to revealing that news, she doesn't flinch. She sort of seems almost preoccupied and uh, just allows the conversation to continue. Yes, um, this adds up. I was afraid it would be the case. The, The color of these creatures was blue. Is that correct? That is. Hmm. I would imagine that if you were to see this blue light on its own and look extremely closely, you would, in fact, spot a face within. These are intelligent creatures, as far as I know. I have a terrifying depiction within one of these tomes that might display whether or not I am correct. And he shows you this image. And as much as it wasn't as well-defined as that, there is this skull that floats within the light, and you you feel like that's exactly what you saw. Yes. It is. I believe that is what we've seen. He turns to Physic and Raphael for confirmation. And Physic is just, like, wide-eyed and nodding silently. Yeah, Raphael's been strangely quiet throughout this whole trip. Um, he's He feels like he, he's let Rin down. But when he sees the depiction, you see this frustration and anger in his eyes as he nods quietly. It is as I feared, then. What you have facing you is what is known as a corpse light. It is... As you say, connected to the will of the wisp. Sadly, this is no normal will of the wisp. It is, in fact, one that has starved to death. It is a creature that no longer is able to feed on the anguish and terror of its victims, but rather struggles to survive by an inhabiting the dead. They are vile creatures, but when left alone, tend to cause no harm. I imagine you still want to pursue retrieving the body of your fallen friend. I can assure you that the elven bodies you saw originally have little to do with this creature. They are merely vessels for them to survive within. How can we exercise these corpse light from our friend. These creatures are quite rare. There is little information on them, but what I do know is that they themselves are indeed undead, and if they have no way of re-entering a corpse, they will wink out of existence with extraordinary speed. Once they are removed from their host, they are extraordinarily weak. 
I do not know if you'll have any benefit of this little bit of information within the fog, Fen, but they are extraordinarily weak in the sunlight, but the sun barely permeates through that area. This is useful information. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. I know you're probably looking to preserve the integrity of your fallen friend as best you can. It will be difficult to defeat, destroy this host while keeping it intact. Do you know, tell me, is it just sunlight or would bright light help as well? As far as I know, it is the power of the sun itself simply flashing a torch in front of it. I can't imagine having any extra effect. But, alas, I don't truly know, to be perfectly honest. I I think I might have a way to exercise these spirits. If they are, in fact, spirits, Phrasma has given me a little bit of extra sway upon the souls. Are they souls, Mr. Morlebent? These creatures are certainly strange. There is little known about the Will of the Wisp, their origin, and what their purpose is. They are intelligent creatures, despite what people suggest. Are they souls? I'm not sure I can answer. But are they undead? Absolutely. By the edicts that you follow, Raphael, in your tutelage under Phrasma, they must be stopped regardless of the contents of their soul. This is true. We shall stop at him. Rin smirks a little with what might be satisfaction and nods her head. Thank you, Molebint. You have been most helpful. Now, she turns to the three of you, let us go. And she steps out of Odd Stories and onto the road and starts to briskly walk north as if to leave town. Before they leave, uh, Raphael shakes Morlebint's hand. It was good to see you again, Mr. Morlebint. It has been too long. It has. And thank you for this information. I trust when you have time, you will return to me and tell me all you have learned at the spire. The lady shall keep it. Indeed she shall. He turns and follows the rest of them out. And you head north, assuming everyone follows Rin heading north. She walks with a lot of purpose and leads you straight down the trail and past the Stone Ring Pond to the edge of the forest, the start of the Gauntlet Trail. She stops for a moment in front of the trail and takes a deep breath. My friends, I am ashamed to admit that I should have volunteered myself for some other retrieval to begin with. But I am afraid I have an inner turmoil. <laughs>
It is difficult for me when I do not see the sky above me, the stars over my head, the sun itself. You may or may not know I suffer from a phobia, claustrophobia, I am told it is called. She steps into the forest with a focus straight ahead. The canopy of the trees above her as she continues her stride. It is difficult for me. It is a struggle. There is menace everywhere in all the angles and shapes. I cannot explain it is not rational, but it is, it is how I feel. I will search for Samal's body with you, and I will help you return it. And I will take everything I have to do so. Allow me to speak with you as we travel through. It will help me. It will help me focus. And she's growing visibly more disturbed and upset the farther she walks into the forest. Not this year, Ren. Not yet. I grew up in a small village in Kionen. It was known as Glitterbau. But would you travel to the nation today, you would not find it there. It was destroyed ten years ago by demons in service to Tree Razor, a very ambitious demon from the abyss. For all of my life, I had visions, glimpses into the future and the world around me, but far away. My village knew this. My parents knew this, and I saw the coming onslaught of these demons. For many years, they knew that my visions were correct, and they trusted me. I am not sad to, to see that my village is destroyed, because, you see, no one perished. The demons arrived, and they saw the place abandoned. And in their frustration, they burnt it down. But little did they know that we had set many a magical trap. And again, a slight smile does manage to come across her face with that statement. It is most pleasing to know that whatever has bestowed this gift upon me has sought to allow me and my kin to destroy great evil. When I came of age a few years later, I decided to set out into the world and make my own way. I, of course, could not help but gather trinkets and oddities, and when my bags and trunks became too burdened, I sat here in Otari four years ago. It is like a home to me, though I do not think it will be my place forever. For now, it is a home to protect, and I must do my part to protect those 
who would protect it. By this time, you arrive at the entrance of Gauntlight Ruins again. She takes a deep breath as you come out of the woods and a sigh out and turns to you all. Which way do we go? We go to the east, Rin. Let's be safe. The bridge is perilous and we've found our own path. Follow us. Let us be on the way then. And you make your way through the usual route across the light little river into the keep and the L-shaped hallway. And she says, I see these are the doors you described in the room that leads to the secret door. She keeps, at this point, looking up and usually standing on rubble where the ceiling has collapsed so that she can see upward, doing her best to, to maintain her composure. Which way would you like to approach? Ren, you should prepare yourself. I feel the place that we are going into as great evil, and there is no sign of the stars in there. Only one star, an orange, four-pointed star. It's not the one you seek. Tulak will move forward, avoiding notice. Uh, Raphael defends. And Rin does her best to stay within your ranks and not, not lag behind, but certainly not get ahead. Um, entering inside these rooms, she grows more and more anxious, but continues to try and steal herself. As they get to the secret door, Raphael puts a paw on her shoulder and repeats himself. Not this year. Not yet. And he draws his dagger. And Rin draws her star knife. The stupidest of knives. (laughs) (laughs) But so appropriate for her. Cosmic Caravan, stars. (laughs) So thematic. Dulok pops the door and stealths his way inside. She follows behind part of her hoping that there is a hole in the roof here but sees there's not it's very intact here steps in and looks is aghast at the sight of all of the skulls carved into the walls turns to see the stained glass windows but her gaze is immediately put upon the standing battered corpse of Samal at this point nearly unrecognizable from bloat an early onset decay and this horrible horribly nearly skeletal elven corpse now standing at the altar together as if waiting she takes a deep breath very slowly I suggest we do not converse with this evil her her anxiety turning into near anger I suggest we destroy it now focus on the elven one I will try and retrieve Samal third time's the charm I guess 
and we're going to roll for initiative. Dope. Oh fuck. We don't get a we don't get a bonus turn to set up. <laughs> you sure don't. <laughs> Balls. They know you're there. You know they're there. I think you probably would have cast magic weapon going into this, but it's fine. I get it. Uh you didn't choose a, a little exploration action there earlier. Well, at least uh, let you have defend if you want. Cast Yeah, well, he's he's you defending. Did? I definitely did choose that. Okay. Oh, you did. Okay. Um Casting a spell wouldn't be part of an exploration ac- action. It would be a setup to an encounter yeah. action. So, Fair that makes yeah. sense. Uh, all right. Let's boogie. Physic, what'd you get? Uh, red hot 14. Ooh, so red hot. Raphael? Uh, not great. That's a uh, six on the die for a 13. That's a slightly, uh, slightly less red uh, tone for hotness. Tulak. <laughs> Twelve. <laughs> oh, even less Five red on the hotness. <laughs> like, if this was a color gradient, it would just be, like, perfect shades less red between all of us. <laughs> yeah, I never roll good in ish. That's a fact. <laughs> and combat begins in this dark, dirty, dank cold, damp, crazy place. And to start is going to be the corpse light that inhabits Samal. Are you getting paid by the adjective over there? (laughs) And it is going to march forward, stride, and then step right up to Raphael, wasting no time at all. And Samal's rigamortist hands lash out at you with a claw attack for a 21 to hit. Fuck me. Uh, I'm going to use my reaction to shield block. Holy shit. (laughs) Actually, you know what? Um, Fair is fair. I would not have had my shield out uh, to do that. So I am just going to take it. Well, I thought you were defending on your way in. I was, but I would have to have manifested my shield uh, based on the spirit forger rules, and I did not specifically say that I did. So, that's why James loves Pathfinder. Is there's lots of nitty gritty rules he loves. He loves to navigate those. So I that's do. why he keeps limiting himself. <laughs> I hate it, but I do. Yeah. yeah. And uh, okay, and uh, he strikes at you with an eight slashing damage. Okay. But that's thought. all the actions available, and it's Rin's turn. And Rin raises a hand and gets ready to cast. But I'm, but she needs to roll a will save. As the walls and ceiling feel like they're closing in on her. She steals herself, raises her hand with two actions to cast heal at Samal's body... The corpse light rolls a fortitude save of nine, which with a DC like 21, I think, or something, is a critical failure, meaning this thing absolutely goes down. Samal collapses to the ground, stopped in his tracks, collapses to the ground, and the corpse light rises from the body. This little blue orb 
just like you've seen before. And now when you look closer, you can see that skull flickering within. And Rin throws her star knife right over Raphael's head. 27 to hit. Kills the corpse light. That was so fast. <laughs> and Physic, it's your turn. Okay, so Physic will uh, attempt a battle medicine on Raphael. Oh, fuck. That's a nat one. <laughs> fuck. <You> suck. <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> You're uh, you're not a real chirurgeon, are you? You're fake. You're a fake chirurgeon. <laughs> I'm almost tempted oh to start saying chirurgeon now because surgeon is clearly <laughs> not what I'm doing. Uh, that's uh, seven damage. <laughs> okay, I'm down to down to nine HP. <laughs> okay, anything else for your physic? <laughs> uh, shame, regret. Uh, <laughs> And one, drawing one action of a, shame and uh, yeah, one action of shame and regret, and while being full of shame and regret, I will draw a uh, minor healing potion. Oh man, that was your that was your first attempt at battle medicine, wasn't it? Since you got it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, remember when I was all excited about getting the medic archetype? <laughs> oh man! All right, Raphael, you're up. You just got hit by some all, uh, stabbed in the arse by a syringe from Physic. <laughs> what do you do? Yeah. Yeah, so first action, he's going to step forward uh, past the corpse of Samal. Uh, second action, he reaches out his empty left hand and this blue glowing energy moves down through his hand and solidifies into a shield as he manifests his soul-forged armament. Wicked. And then third action, he will raise said shield. And it is the other corpse's turn, which will... Go right ahead and meander over to Raphael. He's going to die here, boys, just just so we're clear. Oof. I'm, I'm actually scared. <laughs> I'm scared to do this, but you put yourself up front. And it lunges at you with its claw. 22 to hit. Uh, I will shield block. Okay. 11 damage coming through. Okay. That is five. Six to the shield. Six to him. Last action. Lunges at you with its jaws. 10 to hit. Oh, hey, that is a miss. (laughs) Didn't see that coming. Tulak, what you do? What you do, boy? Tulak just raises his hands and fires magic missiles for three actions at this piece of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit rude, but okay. 
Six. Six. Three. Three. And another six for a total of 15 points of damage. Good. Quick round of damage. Still up, though. Top of the order. Rin Savinci. Rolls another will save. Nails it. That was a 30 and a 29 back to back. (laughs) And raises her hand again to cast Disrupt Undead. Another sweet fortitude save, I believe. Yes, from the corpse light. Oh, seven this time. Looks like another critical failure. Uh, it is. What level did she cast? Uh, it is a third level cantrip, it looks like. Okay, so that will be 3d6, and the target is enfeebled for one round. Well, I'm reasonably sure that she will knock it on its arse with this. Oh, and she doesn't. So it is enfeebled. It's still up. And... She will spend her next action moving up and around it to flank. Physic. Uh, Physic will take a step to the northeast and administer a minor healing potion to Raphael. (laughs) Something he can't conceivably hurt him with. Roll me a Z100. But it's... (laughs) (laughs) On an 86, you drop it on the ground and it shatters. (laughs) It still might go poorly, but let's let's see. Uh, For 3 HP back. I will take (laughs) it. You just walk up behind Raphael, grab him by the forehead, pull his head back and drop this potion (laughs) down his throat. Pick him up by the scruff of the neck and just... Yeah, just do like the massage of the throat, like when you're giving a dog a pill. I like the idea of you, like you taking an extra action just to pour it into his horn of Gondor and then pour it into his mouth. (laughs) (laughs) All right, is that your turn? Step up, draw, administer. uh, I already had it drawn because that was my third action uh, for my last one. So, uh, yeah, with my last action. I will draw my crossbow. And Raphael, you're up. This corpse is... I mean, it's been looking worse than ever from the beginning, so you don't really have a, much of a much of anything to go on. <laughs> but it's your turn. Yeah. Uh, Raphael is going to put his hands together and use all three actions to bust a heal for the okay. day. Okay. And that is a fortitude save from you. Ooh, I rolled real big on that one. 28. Yeah, that's uh, that's a pass. Uh, but that's a that's for half damage, right? Or is it no damage with heal? It says it gets a basic fortitude save. Basic fortitude means half damage for save. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that is seven, uh, half to you and seven back to me. So that puts me up to all right thirteen. And which it I'll goes take. down, and the corpse light inside surfaces. And that was a three action heal, yeah. Yeah, that was all three actions, yeah. And I needed HP back real bad. The corpse light quickly floats over to one of the corpses left behind and spends an action entering it. Hold on. 
Didn't you say that the corpse had to be killed within the last 24 hours? I misspoke. I was I was wondering if we'd bring that up, and I couldn't remember if I had corrected or not, but I did misspeak. It's not dead within the last 24 hours. It, it's that it hasn't been occupied by a corpse light within the last 24 hours. Okay. So it can't... It can't I gotta stop going before the corpse. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, it can't... Uh, uh, it can't take Samal's body right now, that's for sure. But it does claim this one and regains some hit points for doing so. And then it spends its next action moving over towards Rin. It's back up, but it hasn't done any damage to anybody. Two lock. All right. Um, Tulok will stride to next to it and cast Chill Touch. Ooh, okay. So you will roll me a Fortitude save. Will I? What sort of traces this to have? This is the first time we've seen it. Let's check. Let's check. Let's check what it's got. <laughs> All right. Uh, it is Touch. Targets, living or undead. Cast time is two actions. Cantrip, necromancy, negative, occult. All right, and you want a fortitude save, you said? I do. Or do you have to roll to hit? Nope, fortitude save. Seven. Okay, so you critically fail and are flat-footed and fleeing for one round. Whoa! (laughs) Oh, you also need to succeed at a will save. Okay. Oh, because, okay, on a critical failure, the target is also fleeing for one round unless it succeeds at a will save. Okay. 13. Still a failure. Oh. And does it do damage? Does this do damage? Spooky patio lantern. It does not. It is just flat-footed and fleeing. Oh, I didn't know this didn't do damage. Okay. Um, all right. Flat-footed. Fleeing. Brutal. <laughs> Yeah, he reaches up to touch it, and this purple light emanates around his hand, but then it seems to kind of freeze like crystals of ice, and he touches it, and he's flat-footed and fleeing. Crazy. All right, so move, cast. It comes back to Rin, who reaches out and casts heal again at level three with a touch one action. Fortitude save from this guy. 18. Fails. How much How much would I roll for that again, James? Is it-, it depends on what spell slot you're casting it at. It's a lo- third level spell slot. So 1d8 times 3. So like th- so 3d8. Yeah, yeah. So for every spell slot you cast it at higher, so heightened plus 1, it increases the damage by 1d8. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so I just did it at a first level spell slot. And then cast Disrupt Undead back-to-back with heal. So another Fortitude save. Making full use of her action economy right now. And it fails again and takes 11 damage. The corpse falls and the corpse light emerges yet again. Physic. What do you got? Oh, I really don't even know what hurts these things. Besides positive damage, uh, or I mean, most energy. things hurt it. There's actually not okay. that much that it's immune to. Yeah. Well, in that case, I will stride uh, 
to the northwest, so I'm uh, not blocked by Ren. We'll reload the crossbow and give it a shot. Fuck, for a 12 to hit. I think you're the lowest roller in the group. <laughs> yeah, it's been a bad session of rolling for me. The amount of darts you've thrown and crossbow bolts you fired off and not hit, and then none of the healing that you want to do, it's brutal. <laughs> yeah, well, I anything, guess that's just the way the world goes. And um, Anything else from the ineffective physic? <laughs> uh, reload his crossbow again, dejectedly, as all get out. Okay, Raphael, save the day. Uh, first action, Raphael is also going to cast Disrupt Undead, but heightened to first level. Okay. Uh, so I require a Fortitude save from you. Fortitude, 16. Uh, that is just barely a fail, so that is 2d6 of positive energy damage. And that is 7 points of positive energy. And describe your kill of this tiny little blue light. Um... He just, like, focuses inward. He's he's bearing that phrasmic soul-bound shield. And he focuses inward, and the soul starts to flicker and fade and, and vibrate really quickly as if it's transitioning. And he disrupts its its hold on the mortal plane and sends this Corvus Light back to Phrasma in the boneyard. And you have successfully recovered the body of Smallkath. Stabilize? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Anyone anyone get a, a create undead ritual? <laughs> Stemming the Tide is an actual play podcast of the Adventure Path Abomination Vaults and is produced by the Uncharted North Network. Stemming the Tide uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Inc. used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. Stemming the Tide is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo. For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo products, visit paizo.com. Music is composed by Will Savino and artwork by Greyhood. Stemming the Tide is recorded remotely using Foundry Virtual Tabletop. If you wish to connect with us or support this project and projects to come, we can be found at unchartednorth.ca, patreon.com slash unchartednorth, and on all major social media platforms. Links to all credits can be found in the episode description and our website. Thanks for tuning in.